Hello and welcome to the Bloke Pod episode 32, the Andrew Emley, or the Magic Johnson as GJ informs me. Yeah, of which I was unaware. Julia Serving wore 32 for a while as well, the old doctor, Dr. J, the big ass pro. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Single handedly kept a, a, a basketball league alive for about four or five years and wouldn't have lived otherwise. Respect. Respect to the doctor. We bow to the doctor. The good doctor. Yes. Dr. J. I like it. So we're going from one Dr. J to another. Yeah, we are. Dr. Jackal stepping in. All right. So today we're going with another top ten. Again, apologies to David Letterman. And if your lawyer's still sending us letters, we're not opening them. Yeah. You may well be the letter man, but that doesn't mean we are. Anyway, moving along. (laughs) We're going with my top ten... TV characters of all time as a great aficionado of the, uh, the silver screen. No, not the silver screen. The, the little, the little maybe, screen. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe the black screen yeah. or, you know. Yeah, what, what do they call it? You know, the little, the, the, the uh, idiot box. You, That's the one I'm going with. Maybe just say the TV screen and be done with it. But I'm trying to, you know, introduce a bit of Shakespearean poetry into this shit. Yeah, it's not working. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's, it's a bit of a stretch. All right, so... My top ten television characters. I'm going to go straight into it. I must admit, there's one that I'm surprised that you don't have on your list. Doctor Percival Cox. Nah, he doesn't. He doesn't make the cut. Not quite. My hay fever notwithstanding, we're going to try and get through this. <sighs> All right. So the first one was a real stretch for me because I decided to go with someone who shares my name and. You're yeah, not giving, has been giving too much away about yourself by <laughs> releasing said information. Well. Considering that I'm known as Action Jackson, and I'm sure you've referred to me as Dan a few times in this podcast, <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I think everyone could probably figure out that Daniel Jackson is my, my first character, and certainly one of the top characters of all time, Daniel Jackson, Doctor Thereof, from Stargate, who, um, yeah, who pretty much, he, he started off as a, a bit of an Austin Powers nerd alert in the first couple of seasons, but then eventually... Ascended and came back in season seven, naked and huddled in a field. Which you know, I've lost count of the number of times I've done that. So the similarities, yeah. you know, go further than just that. It's, it's usually yeah. after one of your crowds. <laughs> exactly. Parties. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> but um, yeah, but you know, by the last uh, couple of seasons, he was far and away the most important character of the show. He was, you know, reading ancient and battling the intergalactic forces of evil. Um, uh, the rapport between him and, uh, and Colonel O'Neill, Richard Dean Anderson's character as well, by the end, was just one of the highlights of the show. And, I mean, any show that can go on for ten seasons is doing pretty well. Even Seinfeld only got to nine. The office they've just announced is finishing at nine. Um, but, yeah, they got to ten and a couple of movies in there to boot. So, yeah, he's my number one. And a, a character who, yeah, other than just sharing my name... I really enjoyed watching the way he developed and evolved throughout the, a number of seasons on the show. And I think when he was gone in season six, that was a real low point for the show. So, glad they brought him back. And number two, the character around which an entire franchise revolved, and that is George Costanza from Seinfeld. Far and away the most important character to that show. I'd argue, despite what Jerry Seinfeld might have you believe. And certainly, yeah, the funniest TV character of all time. Just his cheapness, the, the, the short, stocky, bald man. Uh, and just so much 
to dislike about the character, and yet he is far and away one of the most memorable characters of TV in the 90s. Yeah, he might... He might get a little bit of discounting for me because having watched a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm, I just get the impression he's playing Larry David. Well, of course he is. That's yeah. the point. But he did a much better job than Larry David could ever do. I mean, and the argument you can make is that Seinfeld is greater than Curb Your Enthusiasm, comfortably. I and the best Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes were the Seinfeld reunion ones. That's also seven. true. Yeah. And, and I think the, the better... Well, at least the Seinfeld episodes that I tended to, to think of more highly were the ones where... George-centric ones? Yeah, they were the So the opposite and those yeah. sorts of ones, yeah. yeah. The main arc was George's arc. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think after Larry David left at the end of season seven, that character lost... Yeah, lost a bit of his edge in the last two seasons, I think it's fair mm. to say. All right, to character number three, and that is Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock. What, what needs to be said about this character? Quality choice, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think it's actually a credit to Alec Baldwin that I actually find it very difficult to think that somebody else could play that role. So I think one of the an article I read on the show a few years back was said, you know, of all the Broadway shows, movies, and TV shows that Alec Baldwin has done. Jack Donaghy is far and away his, his greatest accomplishment, and I think that's spot on the money. I mean, his relationship with Liz Lemon, you know, underpins that entire mm. underpins that entire series, and just so many memorable one-liners. I think there's there's a great YouTube clip. Do yourself a favour, check it out, and it's, it's something like Jack Donaghy's advice to succeeding in business, and it has a lot of those clips, such as you know. When, where he's looking at the panda sneezing and he's <laughs> you need to fire 10% of your workforce. <laughs> it just segues straight into it. But yeah, there's a lot of good lines and yeah, someone who definitely underpinned that entire show from start to finish. Mm. And, uh, and I think, yeah, a great, it's a great role and it's a very well-written role, but it's a perfect example of great casting as well. Yeah. I really think that they, they absolutely nailed that and I think that he was certainly their target. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the fact that he's... He's a you know a veritable movie star. Yeah. He's been prepared to spend, I think it was eight seasons. In the end, it's just wrapped up uh, on television. Yeah, in the hundredth episode, they refer to that quite a bit. The choices that he's made in terms of uh, doing TV rather than movie, but yeah, yeah a, a, definitely a, one of the most hilarious characters ever. Although having said that, someone who does edge him out is Bernard Black. D- Dylan Moran, <laughs> basically playing himself for three seasons in BBC's Black Books. This is one of one of the most underrated TV shows of all time, I'd have to say, because a lot of people who I speak to just never heard of this show. But do yourself a favour, Molly Meldrum style, go out and just buy the three seasons, only 18 episodes, but hilarious. And as they say on the... Um, yeah, on the synopsis of the three seasons is that he battles the dual evils of sobriety and customers for three years. Mm. I think it's a, I mean, there's a lot of character development in Black Books, even though, even though there's so few episodes, because mm. it's so centric on the three main yeah. characters. Well, that's so, right, yeah. So it's, it's um, Bernard, Manning and Fran, yeah, yeah. for the three, yeah. But, but yeah, and there's good counterbalancing between the three as well. Yeah, but that, that's what makes that dynamic work so. Uh, well. uh, yeah, and I've always found yeah the the um yeah the dynamic between <laughs> between Bernard and Manny, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those two and the 
the constant uh, the struggle there. I just love those two characters. Yeah, but Bernard, Bl- but Bernard Black makes the cut, or Brendan Blake as he refers to himself in his uh, his own novel. <laughs> Um, and the next one is someone whose life is in grave danger as we speak, and that's Daryl Dixon. <laughs> I haven't yet watched the, um, yeah, the, uh, the resolution to the season three mid-season cliffhanger of The Walking Dead. But this is a guy, yeah, a, a country hick, um, very much at the bottom end of the socio-economic scale, but who's basically evolved to be the most important character to that show, I think. As much as a lot of people would say it's Rick, I think he is he is the one who, the top zombie killer for starters, and also the most important character in terms of just the fabric and the balance of the whole group. Um, and this, this is a show which is very bloody, very gory, very violent, you know, it's rated R, but it is now the number one most watched show from people aged 18 to 45 years in the United States. And that says a lot about what a strong show it is, that sort of uh, a typically niche genre, such as a zombie apocalypse show, is now the best show in the US among the, yeah, the, the main target demographic. That's saying a lot about it. So we move on to number six, and that is Cool Cool Cool. Abednadir. <laughs> cool. Cool Cool Cool. <laughs> what, what else can you say about him? I mean, as, as someone who has... Asperger's Syndrome, I mean, I think that they've essentially written that character with that in mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is far and away the most important character on that show, I think. And the relationships between him and all of the other main characters, I mean, him and Jeff, the relationship between the two of them is what basically the first season sort of revolved around. But then since then, I think him and uh, Troy Buttsuit Barnes have been um, carrying that show from the second season onwards, I would have said. And the, I think their dynamic is is important in the show as well because they're arguably two people from opposite ends mm. of the cuckoo-cool yeah. spectrum. <laughs> yeah, and the, of course. You, you have the nerdy guy on one side of things who mm. doesn't necessarily fit in with the people who are around him and then you yeah. have the, the stereotypical jock yeah. on the other end of that spectrum yeah. as well. All right, and we move from that to... Surprise, motherfucker! James Dokes from Dexter. And they, I think the really, the bit I enjoyed the most about the season 7 finale was that they showed flashbacks to Dokes. Season 2 was essentially him versus Dexter for the whole season, and they killed that character off at the end of season 2. I think the show has never again achieved those heights because he was essentially the, the voice of reason and the voice of good. And I think in the in the pilot episode, Dexter says, "Why is it amongst a whole you know police force of people with supposedly you know intuition for spotting my sorts?" You know, my sort of uh, evil. Jokes is the only one who rubs me the wrong way. Jokes is the only one who sees me for who I am. And I think, yeah, that that uh, conflict between Dexter and Dokes was what made the second season of Dexter possibly the best season of any TV show I've ever seen. That's a big call. Anything you want to add to that? No, particularly. No, not having watched too many episodes no. of Dexter, it's difficult no. for me to comment on that. All right. We then move to the only two who are both from the same show in my top ten, but if you include one, you have to include the other, and that is Dr. Gregory House and Dr. James Wilson. 
And the byplay between these two, right from the very first episode, was always my favourite part of that show. Um, and this is a program which recently just bowed out after eight seasons. And more than any other show, I think it can say, over those eight seasons, its quality did not dip once. Even Seinfeld, its first few episodes, and definitely towards the end of the last season, there was a definite decline in the quality. Yeah, quality. I think it, took, it probably took two seasons for Seinfeld yeah. to really get going. Yeah. I think we talked about that in the... In, in the, the top Seinfeld. ten Seinfeld ones, yeah. yeah. But, but House from start to finish was the best 42 minutes and, and 25 seconds or whatever it is of television that you could see. And I think the relationship between those two characters, as as Wilson... Oh, sorry, um, as... Robert Schwann Leonard, I think his name is, the guy who played him, once said uh, in a in a behind-the-scenes feature on one of the DVDs, Wilson is the only character who chooses to hang around with House. You know, all of his underlings and his employees, they're forced to be with him. Wilson is the only one who's there by choice. And I think their friendship is certainly the enduring legacy of that show. And the last season, after Cuddy has left the scene, definitely plays strongly on that when... I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but, um, you know, Wilson, the the last few episodes deal with Wilson, who's got a, a diagnosis of cancer and only has a few months left to live. The last few episodes of that series were probably, yeah, the, the best sort of conclusion and ending of a series that's ever been done. And that leaves us with one more, and I'm going to go with... Is it fair to say that this new one's come on with a bullet? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's uh, Mr. Ron Swanson from from Parks and Recreation, uh, or Ron fucking Swanson, as he refers to himself in a few episodes. But uh, this this guy is—it's funny. We talk about him, and I think he's he's quite similar to Jack Donaghy in a lot of ways, with the exception that Ron Swanson is a political bureaucrat who hates politicism, red tape and bureaucracy in all its forms, whereas Jack Donaghy sort of lives for his job. But there are a lot of classic comments about uh, Ron Swanson. I think in season one, I think in the third episode, he's speaking about uh, Tom Haverford, one of his co-walkers. He says he, he never goes the extra mile. He, you know, he doesn't work well with others. He does the bare minimum that's required of him. He's everything I'm looking for in a, in a political employee. Yeah. I think that pretty and much think, sums up his, his Yeah, and the byplay between Ron and Leslie is very similar yeah. to the byplay between Liz Lemon and Jack Donaghy. Yeah. I think it's, once again, a pretty important component of... Oh, you'd say it underpins the whole show. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, there are... I mean, every classic... Parks and Recreation episode is definitely a Ron Swanson A storyline, basically. Um, I'm thinking of the hunting trip. I'm, I'm thinking of the kind of... If I bring a large quantity of deviled eggs and I don't want to share them with anyone else, can you guarantee fridge space? <laughs> and those, yeah. sorts of, those sorts of attitudes, particularly his attitude towards food. The one that I love about him is the episode with his ex-wife. Oh, Ron versus Tammy? Yeah. Yes. And I've just, I've just watched the end of season three where it's a cliffhanger where his first wife, his first, the first Tammy is, uh, is in his office. So I'm not yet sure who, yeah, who Tammy Mac one is, but yeah, that, that is a very good one. The, the, the uh, yeah, the, the chick from Will and Grace uh, co-starring in that one. That is a very, very good episode. The scratch marks on the wall <laughs> thing. Yeah. So there it is. That's my top 10 TV characters. 
Thoughts? <laughs> opinions? Comments? Disagreements? Well, uh, I will be... Well, we watch very different shows. So... <laughs> We'll be following this up. It'll probably be attached to the end of this with my top ten TV characters. Oh, there we go. So, a double top ten, you could say. A top twenty. Even. A top twenty. Even. Wait, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's twenty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just confirming so, that. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Hello and welcome to part two of episode thirty-two of the Blow Pod. Q of 32. Yep. And uh, it's time for uh, GJ's top 10. Following on from mine, we're going to revert to the Godfather's picks. And I was, uh, just this is a warning, there's probably someone who I've missed because I thought about this for a whopping 10 minutes, so I must have missed. It's good to know you're putting in a real, yeah. real big effort. Putting, the, putting, putting, in, putting in the big efforts. I mean, then. Mm-hmm. I've actually found it difficult to fill out my list, to be honest. There's like three or four absolute standout characters for me. You've already covered off one of them, and I've decided not to, to double up on, right. on those. Jack Donaghy is a, a standout character yeah. for me. Arbeg would probably sneak into the bottom end of my top ten if I was really thinking about it properly. Which and, you're not. <laughs> and, and, well, I'm just saying, I'm not going to choose him. And George yeah. as well, similar, oh, yeah. similar yeah, thing definitely. with George. Yeah. Uh, I can I can understand that. Um, this, I mean, the, the the funny thing is, is that there's a few shows that I really really like, but I find it hard to pick out a dominant standout character. A show like Arrested Development is a is a good example for that. Would it go Job? No, uh, to Bart? No, no. Like there's there's the like, guy whose hair implant rejected the body. <laughs> <laughs> there's just a lot of people who I view very very similar. But yeah. uh, I think the elements of this. My age is going to show through elements of oh, this, kind of the things that I enjoy. I certainly don't watch as much TV as I'd like to or would enjoy doing. But um, as someone who was alive in the mid '60s, you're about to show yourself. Yeah, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Just for the record, I'm not that old. Uh, but anyway, baby, he's, he's just... shooting me daggers with his eyes. Yeah. Right Maybe uh, I should get started with my list. Let, what I'm going to do, this is it. in no particular order, but I'm going to start with yeah, the one TV good. show which is, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's my favourite TV show right now, and it's the only one where I have two characters. Fair enough. Uh, the TV show in question is Californication. I think it's a fantastic, well-written show. And the two characters are the obvious choices of... Hank Moody yep. and Charlie Runkle. Yeah. Hank is just a... I mean, Hank is just brilliantly acted by Duchovny. There's no question. They said about the first episode, Duchovny blows Mulder to smithereens yeah. in this one. It's the anti-Mulder, isn't it? It yeah. is. He's just a... He's just an... Um, he's an amazingly written character. Is is that somebody who, who knows the right way to go, but every... Just is mm. conflicted. Consistently chooses the wrong way. Well, I don't think that it's that. I just think that he's morally conflicted a lot of times. Is that he, did, he 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 has a pretty well defined moral code that is Compass, yeah. that is consistent. It's just that he's always finding himself in situations whereby it's conflicting with yeah. what he's needing to do at that particular point in time. And the Runkle side of things, Runkle's just a great yeah. offset character for for Moody, somebody who lives the straight and narrow, but really wants to be more like Hank. Yeah. They're, That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I just, the dynamic of those two when they're working off of each other, Evan Handler, David Duchovny, the, yeah. they're, all their scenes that they share 
are, are just gold. The Broner. Yeah. <laughs> and the seasons themselves go a little bit up and down, but... Uh, You've mentioned this before, is the fact that the, uh, they seem to be sort of the, uh, the opposite of the... Uh, similar to the Beethoven symphonies. Yeah. The odd-numbered seasons are very good and the even seasons are not that great. The, the point being... The, even their bad stuff is better than most of the good mm. stuff, but there are there are definite standout seasons of Californication yeah. versus the others. Yeah. So um, I've gone with those two as my I guess my first two off the record. I yeah. love Californication, love those two characters, really enjoy the show, yep. and glad to hear that it's just been renewed for season seven. Season seven, yeah, I haven't even seen season five yet. Let alone well, season six. season season six is ongoing at the moment. Oh, okay. So cool. I have to get on that. Moving on to probably my one of my longest-standing favourite shows, and it's been going now for well, I think it's actually more than fifteen years. Uh, South Park. And when you talk South Park, you're really talking one character, one Eric Cartman. Yeah. Uh, Respect my authority. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Eric is. I think he's what everybody wanted to be, but didn't have the guts to be. I will say this about my yeah my co-presenter here is that the first thing I remember about him is that he had a, a South Park sign on his on his desk at work when I first joined. He had a South Park mouse pad as well, which is probably the first thing I noticed about him straight away was he's a South Park fan. And both of them are Cartman as well. And I'm pretty sure both of them said either yeah. respect my father yeah. or I've had enough of this screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think he's a once. I mean, the the byplay between all of the other characters. It's it's very Donaghy like is that a lot of the byplay that happens happens as a consequence of Eric. Yeah. They've kind of expanded the, the franchise a little bit more by getting Randy Marsh involved, Stan's father, yeah. and he becomes central to a few of the uh, things as well. But Eric's a he's a he's an interesting dichotomy in that in some respects he's incredibly stupid and naive, but in other ways he's in incredibly creative, which which seems a, an odd mix of things. But yeah, he's not he's he's street smart, but he's not necessarily smart. Book smart. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I I think that is a really well written character, and does tie into an upcoming podcast of ours, which will be GJ's top ten South Park episodes. That's right. So stay tuned for that one. Re- Required cutting. Trying to pick a top ten South Park is the challenge. It's the challenge. It's very similar to the challenge that you had with top ten Seinfeld. There's probably yeah. about there's probably going to be about ten or fifteen worthy episodes that just won't make the cut. Yeah, uh, which isn't fair, but yeah, it's not fair, David. <laughs> and I, I think if you want to get a real understanding of the dichotomy of Eric Cartman, the Scott Tenman must die episode sums up exactly what I was getting across. Is that he gets tricked. His own stupidity tricks him into a few, a few different things, but he's smart enough to turn everything around at the end to work to his advantage. Uh, just a, just a tremendous, tremendous character. From that point on, I, it's it's been tough. I think what I've done with with picking characters, it's kind of thought about shows that I've watched for a prolonged period of time and worked out the reasons why I actually would keep watching the shows. Yep. Um, so a lot of the shows have gone for, for several seasons, several series. One that I, I got hooked on, and it was I'm not necessarily proud of getting hooked on watching Gossip Girl, but I did watch Gossip Girl through to the end. But I watched it purely because of one character, one Chuck Bass, who is just 
I mean, the, the acting in that show to to say that it's it's train wreck TV as I talked yeah. about earlier on. There's no, no, it's the epitome of train wreck TV when it comes to a to a drama. Generally, all the people in that show couldn't act except for Ed Westwick, <laughs> who played Chuck, who was just fantastic. And I think they cottoned on to that. And his the development of his character from a selfish, naive, rich kid into somebody who became more well-rounded, more worldly, cared a lot more for what was going on around him, the conflicts that he was having with his father. He really, whereas a lot of the other people actually regressed as individuals during that show, his character actually progressed quite substantially to the only point whereby he, he in essence, was probably the only guy who became an adult (laughs) throughout that process. And um, a woman rather than a girl. <laughs> well, no, he and I. I just thought that his his character was was far and away the standout character of that show, which started off good and became absolutely <laughs> putrid by the end. How many seasons did it go? It went for six, and it was probably six. two or three too long, to be honest. The good example of a show that they had a good idea that they ran into the ground, <laughs> and they ran out of ideas, so they just started recycling ideas. Chuck kept me interested, though, enough to, 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 to stick with it. Stay in me. Yeah. Another show of a similar type that actually went three seasons longer was, was One Tree Hill. Uh, which was a, it was a teen drama. I originally started watching it because it was a, basically a teen drama about a, a high school basketball team and the star players and that and the basketball team. But it was actually a lot more than that when you, when you dug into it. It was a, a conflicting situation whereby the, the teens were looking at their adult role models and all the adult role models themselves were fundamentally flawed, which was, in essence funneling itself down to these to these teenagers. The most fundamentally flawed character of the lot, who was brilliantly portrayed, was Dan Scott. And Dan Scott, who basically ran out on his pregnant girlfriend and married somebody else, and as a consequence of that had two children who were of exactly the same age, who were brothers that originally fought, but then Brother became from friends. another mother. Yeah. <laughs> but they, the brothers who originally fought, but then became friends as the, as the series progressed. But Dan's character went through uh, his, his situation. All the, to sit here and go through all the things that happened to him throughout the series was... was um, would take... Well, take probably the rest of the time that we had. But he was constantly... He was an evil guy who was always trying to find redemption. That was the whole point of, of him and his character. Where he, could, he was evil by heart, but would try and do good things. And he was always jumping that line between good and evil... Uh, he was a very spiteful man. He was a very jealous man. He killed his own brother in cold blood. <laughs> because couldn't make that. Yeah, and but the the battle between him and his two children was really what made the show. And he actually achieved he he achieved some elements of redemption when he saved his when he saved his son from kidnappers at the very very end, and and was shot himself and ended up dying as a consequence of that and one of the best spoiler alert spoiler one of the yeah one of the very best episodes of that series was I think it was the second or the third last episode which was 
almost a retrospective of what his character had gone through mm. throughout the nine seasons and him making peace with everybody just before he passed away. It was a it was a really well done episode. It sounds a bit like the house season finale. Well, um, the house only faked his own death. But yeah, but um, it sounds a bit yeah, like it was. His, as I say, his character was... All the things that had happened with the children were pretty much as a consequence of this particular character who was invariably jumping in and out of stuff. But every element of who he was and what he stood for ran through the entire series. And the, the situation with him at the end was the perfect way for them to actually Light end... the character out. Yeah, mm-hmm. to end what was going on with One Tree Hill. So it sounds a bit like the word we've used a lot in these yeah. podcasts, underpinning. Yeah, that's right. Underpin the And show. I mean, he wasn't in it as much as some of the other ones. The one who probably just misses the cut for me from, would be from One Tree Hill. Well, the two who probably just miss it, his, his main son, Nathan, who turned in from, to an, uh, from an arsehole to a loving father and husband. And um, Brooke Davis, who changed from the party girl to the successful entrepreneur. I think that the transitions of those characters... I talked about with Gossip Girl that Chuck was really the only one who matured into a responsible adult moving forward. The beauty of One Tree Hill was is they all got there in the end, but they got there in their own unique ways. And Brooke's probably, like you, I don't have any females in my thing, and yeah. Brooke's probably a, a tough cut. Yeah. in this mix, but I just think that Dan's role and the way that Dan was played in that in that show was mm. more important than, than any other So character. she would be your number one if we had to pick a girl? From the shows that I that I watch regularly, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say her and her and going back to Californication, Marcy. Yeah. Who are uh, So I would say probably Deborah Morgan would be the one yeah. if I had to pick a yeah. Someone from the fairer sets she'd probably get my vote. Uh, and Elliot Reed's probably a, a tough cut too yeah. for me. But um, speaking of, I guess Elliot Reed uh, jumping ahead to Scrubs and there's only dis- one character yeah, big from Scrubs. My dismay for you, not well. Some might say the janitor, but uh, oh, for me, yeah, it's, yeah. for me, it's all about Doctor Cox. Um, Shut up, jackass! Yeah, I rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Pirate episode. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> the interactions with him and his newbie, yeah. John Dorian. And insert female name here. <laughs> yeah. He's, the, the evolution of his relationship with Dr. Kelso. Yeah. Of, of the, the byplay and the interaction between those guys yep. where it was... You know, it was good versus evil in some respects. Well, I mean, in the season one, they had the the uh, the lightsaber battle between yeah Obi Wan Kenobi and 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 uh, yeah and Darth Vader, which were played by Doctor Cox and yeah know, Kelso. And I mean, once again, you know, he was he was a, a headstrong Southern guy who was evolving into a into a family man side of things and taking on that perhaps a mantle that he wasn't best suited for, but. His character, I mean, the, again, not, he, 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 the whole show revolved around him. I mean, yeah. I think in, when they brought in Heather Graham's character, they said her character had a line where he said, where she said, "He's definitely the standout character of this hospital. He's the one that everyone loves to hate." Yeah, I think that's that yeah. pretty much sums up his his role in the show. Yeah, yeah, brilliantly acted too by yeah, Johnny C. Absolutely, yeah, Johnny C. Yeah. Great job with that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love the, the women's name thing with, with JD as an underpinning of, yeah. of the whole thing. Um, probably the only other gimmick that I like just as much as that is back in the, uh, the, the 
TV show Ed with the ten dollar bet between yeah. Ed and his lawyer friend, whose yeah. name I can't remember right now. But <laughs> it's not important. Yeah, and he's a tough cut too. Actually, I, I really love Tom Cavanaugh and the stuff he did. And yeah. talking of Scrubs, I mean his his role as JD's older brother. Yeah, the times that he popped in and out of the series. Yeah. Um, Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's really, really good. He's yeah. really good in that type of role. And so, yeah, well, Pericox for me when it comes to yep. Scrubs. I watched Scrubs, or you know, I watched it through to the end. I'm wishing I hadn't seen season the last one. season. God damn! Talk and about a shit stain upon the legacy of the yeah, show. Yeah, that's Jesus. right. It just didn't work. No. Um, Particularly, what really pissed me off about that was that the season finale of season eight. Was yeah. so good and so the perfect. ending was fantastic that, that they yeah. had to go and just yeah shit all over yeah. that with a, with another season mm. and the right. season finale of that was just sort of oh yeah the the anticlimax of anticlimax mm. I really want to include a character from the league and yeah it's a bit of a tough call but I've gone with Rodney Ruxin reason why I've chosen Ruxin over perhaps say Kevin or Pete or the Dre who would be probably a more obvious pick but Ruxin's kind of the lightning rod for everything that happens, both in a positive and a negative way. He's in a relationship where he seems to be well and truly batting above his average. He's a character who isn't afraid to do whatever it takes to get what he wants. And he knows how to go about getting it. And there's just some great Rodney Ruxin episodes and lines, in particular the reference of calling him the herdsman from the high school reunion. Ruxin's a great character, and here he's definitely one that's got to be in my list. Shall please. Three more to go. Bart Simpson. Get in there. Bart Simpson. I mean, Bart look, over Homer. I'm taking Bart over Homer. Yeah. But would you have said that if the show had ended ten years ago, and it should have? Probably not. Mm. I just don't like the fact that they that they kind of twisted home. They, they made him become like a t-shirt of the week, hasn't he? Yeah. It's like they've made him deliberately dumber and dumber yeah. as time's gone on and on. Yeah. Like, I always felt he was better as a supporting type character yeah. rather than being the character. It's it's not really The Simpsons. It's it's oh, I mean, Homer like, Simpson featuring the others yeah. these days. And Once Schwarzwelder left that show, yeah. that was it. And he, he's, they say he's like, he's a shut-in now. Mm. So they'll never get him back. But once he left, and a couple of the others basically moved across to Futurama, mm. yeah, the Simpsons died in yeah. ass. I think Bart, once again, it's the whole Costanza type thing. I think this, a lot of the stronger Simpsons episodes, episodes yeah. really have have a yeah. Bart A story. And I mean, well, once again, it's kind of what the Simpsons was at the age I was when, when it first started here. And he was, once again, a lot like Eric Cartman. It's kind of like the, the person that you wanted to be, but you couldn't be. Yeah. There's a lot of that when it comes to Bart. I've picked him, yeah. Fair enough. Two, two to go. I'll go with one way, way, way out of left field. Uh, from a TV show which was originally called Two Guys, a Girl and a Pizza Place, oh, yeah. which then became Two Guys and a Girl, one Michael Bergen, played by Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds? Uh, Who's he married to now? Someone Blake Lively. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Who is it yeah. this week? Blake Lively, yeah. formerly of Gossip Girl, yeah. who played It Girl Serena Vanderwoodson in Gossip Girl. But, Very um, nice. you couldn't write that. Yeah. <laughs> Because you wouldn't want to. 
Leo but, missed out. Yeah, yeah, Paul Leo. But he's um, doing all right for himself. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, but his character in Two Got, he was just the the absolute nutball who got focus yeah. as time went on and on and on. And particularly, particularly early on, like Pete was a straight guy, and and Berg was the guy who was continually leading him. That's a real straight. A real niche show to pick as well. Not Absolutely. many would pe- would people would pick that as one of their... But I used to love shows. that show. I yeah. really did. And even... It was funny because a lot of people were saying that it got really, really bizarre towards the end. But, like, it was actually just continually following its trend. The people who would... Uh, my take on that was the people who were thinking like that didn't really understand the characters so well. Their yeah. characters were actually quite well written. And, you know, Pete was the, Pete was the focused guy who just didn't know what to focus on. And Berg was the, the nutball who was just looking for something to, to latch onto. And yeah. he, you know, as he discovered, a smart guy who discovered his passion for becoming a doctor, and that was the way that he went. So I, I, I think it's a big part of the reason why Ryan Reynolds seems so attractive to people as a potential film actor is, is that he played that role so well. And he's, he was... He played the hell out of it. Yeah. He was really the standout character of that show as far as I was concerned. And uh, interestingly enough, I mean, the other... The show that reminds me a lot of that these days is The Big Bang Theory because it revolves yeah. around two guys and a girl. Another guy. And another guy who's a tough cut. Yeah. Sheldon Cooper. Definitely. No question. Yeah. I, I'm not a Big Bang Theory uh, fan at all. I find it actually difficult to watch, but I yeah. know a lot of... I end up watching a lot of episodes with people who do watch it. And the only reason why I could... Even stomach it, yeah. It's to watch Sheldon's relationship with everyone else. Yes, yeah, Sheldon. It's it's a lot like our band in community. I think it's a little bit better fleshed out in community than perhaps it is in the Big Bang. There's more characters in community as well. There's more more of a scope of characters rather than having the four nerds. And, I mean, I can't, in all good conscience, do a top ten list (laughs) without having Mr. Hug It Out Bitch... Ari Gold from Entourage on there. I thought you were going to say Michael Scott. There. My God, <laughs> Ari Gold, played by Jeremy Piven in this. He's just—he's a brilliantly written character. He's the only reason you would watch Entourage. Is that the Dean from Old School? It is the Dean from Old School. <laughs> he's enough. also—he's in—he's uh, also Drazi in yeah. PCU. Uh, uh, yeah, so opposite ends of the spectrum. There. That's exactly right. <laughs> but this role is—it's just brilliantly written. It's, and it's based on Mark Wahlberg's agent, Ari. I can't remember what his, his surname is, but he's a lovable asshole. I think that that's the <laughs> nicest way you can phrase him, is just that he expects a lot of his people. He's very rude to them at times. He's very obnoxious. He's very arrogant. He's your your atypical class A. Sounds a bit like Perry Cox. Your alpha male. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I mean, not really. The difference, Ari's a lot more combative than that, but... The, the thing that you see about Ari that you didn't see so much with Perry is Perry seems to have the balance right in his life. Yeah. Ari's is just all wrong yeah. all the time and he's so dependent on his support network to, to get things right with him. He's not always in the entourage shows in terms of as a, as a core character but when he's in there he's critical in, with regards to getting every storyline done and his relationships... Particularly with Lloyd, his um, assistant, his wife, and both with Vincent Chase, 
who he's client, and Eric, who is his supporting thing. There's a there's a really good bashing of heads. Bashing of heads. Yeah, with him and Eric, which is quite important. And the bashing of heads between him and his wife as well is also a pretty important part of of how that all works. And he's just, yeah, I just love his character in in this. And, yeah, as I say, you know, phrases like, hug it out, bitch, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It's... It's very Ari, and you can't you can't find anybody like Ari Gold in in other shows. Fair enough. So those are our top twenty, I guess you call it. Yeah, yeah, let's call it the top twenty. Yeah, the top twenty TV characters. And I mean, yeah, we've talked about some some tough cuts here. Sheldon Cooper is. A... Oh, I mean, for me, the the two tough cuts is uh, Will Arnett in the double <laughs> start wow. with yeah. uh, Devin Banks and also Joe Bluth. Yeah. I think it was very unlucky because. When I originally did my top 10, he was the only one who I had in there twice. And in the end, he's probably 11th and 12th on my list. He's missed out on both counts. But the uh, the, the rivalry, the uh, banks Donaghy. Yeah. <laughs> the banks Donaghy rivalry was, I mean, season two of that show, probably the best season of 30 Rock mm. was underpinned by that Donaghy versus Banks rivalry. And then as Joe Bluth, yeah, in Arrested Development, certainly a great character. And the other one who just missed out for me is Creed Bratton playing, a, I guess, an extrapolated version of himself in The Office. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Sheldon's a tough cut for me. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Wing is probably a tough cut for me too. Yeah. Um, Along with, I mean, you said up Ed and... Uh, yeah, Jordan and also, well. I mean, Chevy Chase's character as well. Yes, yeah. Pierce, yeah. Pierce Hawthorne, that's right. Hawthorne yeah. Wipes. yeah. Uh, pocket full of Hawthorns. By the way, there is a YouTube clip which has Pocket full of Hawthorns on repeat for ten minutes. Check that out. That is uh, awesome. Right oh, come on. Uh, that that could that could be playing at any nightclub near you right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> I think those are full. Of, sorry. sorry. Yeah. The ones who, <laughs> as I say, the ones who I talked about from One Tree Hill, yep. Brooke Davis and Nathan Scott in particular. Yeah. Um, and uh, one that I did have as well that I that I've called at the last minute, Kevin Arnold from The Wonder Years. If you haven't seen The Wonder Years, it's, 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 still on a, it's, it's still on ABC these days, actually, it's indication. is a, definitely worth checking out at some point in time. Great great little series, that one. Yeah, so there we go. Do you have any thoughts, comments, additions? If so, you can reach us on Twitter. Twitter away. Twitter away at the Blow yep. Pod, or if you hate Dan. Yeah, <laughs> at Dan the Action Man. <laughs> Join us line, tell us what you think. Or, or just, yeah, talk to Billy next time you see him on the street. That too. And, our uh, roving reporter. That's right. So, yep. uh, yeah, that brings it into our two times top ten. Until next time, we're saying later, skater. Later, Hilsen. I guess one obvious omission from our list as we think about it now is one Barney Stinson. Yeah. How are we going to justify that? Yeah, we're sort of we're breaking the bro code by not having him in there, aren't we? Yeah, he <laughs> he um, yeah, go very close to my ten. I think yeah, it sounds like he'd be very close to you as well. I just can't do it because I don't enjoy the show enough. Yeah, it's just the show. Yeah, it's just a bit too self-indulgent for me. I mean, yeah. the fact is similar to what we said about. Donaghy and Costanza and a few of the others. Without him, there's no show there. Yeah. His, and, and the fact is that... But the problem is, is that that's the problem. Is that, that makes sense? Yeah. The bro code, challenge accepted, you know, all those sorts, that phraseology. He is the legacy of that show. And 20 years from now, when everyone's forgotten about everything else of that show, it's the Barney Stinson character his catchphrases and his actions, that they are the things that will live on about that show. And they're, they're all the reasons why it should be on the list. Yeah. But 
it's as simple as I just can't watch that show. Can yeah, me. I've got I've 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 tried to I've tried really really hard. It's a bit like Sheldon Cooper for me. Is I've that, got a few seasons of that at home on DVD. Yeah, and I have to say after I watched them once, I don't think I've gone back and watched any of them again. Yeah, and that's that's I'm, I'm the same. I think. Yeah, I'd say that. I think I've I've watched it once. I just yeah, I just think that 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 was a nice. 70 or 80 episode storyline yeah. that's just been dragged out for like too long. far too long. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, Harris we apologise. Yes. We love you. We love your work in that. Just, yeah, yeah the show, nah, not so much. 